Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. How are you, Advocacy? Good, good, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a while, actually. It's been a while. Yes, it's been a long time since all three of us worked together. Uh, was that it ended in like 2015, 14? When was the last time we were all working together at DreamWorks? Uh, 12. 2012. 12, so when David that, that's, that's when, when I left, left and you guys, yes. <laughs> I, I left a little early. It seemed, it seemed later than that. So it's been even longer than I thought. Okay. Like 10 years it ago. doesn't seem like 10 years ago. That's uh, that's for <laughs> sure. So yeah, full disclaimer, we've all, all worked together at, at DreamWorks. So that's a pretty fun little reunion here with uh, uh, Alexi. Uh, Alexi, maybe for those that, that don't know you, let's do just a quick uh, recap of your uh, professional career. Let, let's go way back. Uh, you, you studied at the uh, Gobelin, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was at Gobelin. Uh, 25 years ago, something like this. Uh, I started my career in London on a movie called Valiant. It was a feature film back then that was done in London. It was uh, one of those rare ones. Um, outside of, uh, right after school, actually, Shayle Page, who is uh, somebody mm -hmm. who recruits a lot of um, European people, Spam Gobelin, and uh, talked to me about DreamWorks and the opportunity that there might be some work for me and for other French guys like Pierre or Olivier or Alex. Um, and so they all recruited us. Like there was like four or five years in a row from Dream from uh, Gobelin who went to DreamWorks. And um, yeah, it's been like 15 years in there. Thir actually 13 years, I always say 15, but it was 13 years exactly. And after that, like you guys, I thought that um, I wanted to see what was out there was different. And um, I also wanted to come back to my country. So I came back to France and coming back to France allowed me to uh, work on Arcane because uh, Bart, so the head of animation, uh, was uh, just called me. I mean, reach out to me, explaining to me that they were working on this project and showing me this amazing show. And so I started working on Arcane about uh, two years ago. Well, no, not not exactly a bit, a bit less, but... Awesome. So you said 13 years at DreamWorks? Yes, 13 years at DreamWorks. Um, I enjoy every moment of it, actually. It was, uh, it was amazing for, for artists, for how they treat their employees, um, for the little community that it was for animation, how, uh, how we drive the animation, um, like to push the animation further. It's always been challenging at the time, but also very, very fun and cool, cool company yeah. to work for, for sure. And, 13 years uh, is a long time and a lot of projects. Do you have a favorite one from all of the ones you did at DreamWorks? Yeah, Dragon. Dragon has been always uh, for sure. It's just just story-wise, um, everything goes in the same direction. Dragon 1, 2. Uh, the third one was good too when I worked on it. It's just, um, just the first one was uh, very special for everybody at DreamWorks. I think. Sure. Do you guys, maybe you worked on it or no? 
No, uh, Jacob and I were on uh, Shrek as as you guys were working right, yes. on how to train. Yeah, that's true. Is the, the I remember now. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, but no, that, I'm, been... part of me is a little glad I didn't work on it, only because I got to experience it as a, an audience member, mm. and that was so yeah. cool. That's that's still my favorite project to to date at DreamWorks, even though I didn't work on it. It's it's an awesome one. Well, for sure. I mean, to me, the whole Dragon um, franchise, as they call it, is like the best that, that DreamWorks did, for sure. I mean, yeah. to me. Yeah. So, uh, and Alex, you worked on, I mean, uh, Kung Fu Banda, Dragon, uh, Guardians, uh, and th there's been some change. Uh, they all have different style of animation. Uh, maybe go over your own journey as an animator and how your your own style and how you approach animation changed from one production to, to another. That's, that's very, very interesting. In general is like, um, so uh, first is reference. Re reference arrive in dragons, I think for everybody. So it changed the way that I started to animate because of looking at it as a different perspective, looking at how things move. So when you start with reference, most of the time you also try to copy a lot which is the purpose of it, but also can be detrimental sometimes. Anyway, so when I, starting with that, uh, to me, it evolved a lot. Because before that, I was on Panda, I was on B-Movie, I was on Flushed Away. I think those shows were different. Panda was amazing, uh, but Panda is so, so appealing that um, it works as, a, as an animation on its own. But, but being able to have reference really changed all this. And the problem with reference, I was saying it after Dragons, I went on Guardians, and it can be something where it becomes almost too much. Um, but it's funny because I thought that for a very long time, and I'm going to explain uh, where I'm going with this. But the truth is because of Arcane and or because of Mielgo's stuff, actually, I think it's not entirely true. It's also dependent on the graphic style that goes with it. So I don't want to start uh, saying bad things about movies and stuff like that. But on Guardians, I think the, the graphicness and the characters and the look didn't help. It's not so much the fact that we copied so much reference and that we tried to, to do those emotions and stuff. So anyway, so that was, um, yeah. Um, cool. And then after Guardians, I got put onto a movie called Boo, which was a movie that got canceled. So I worked three years on this. Three years that was just like, phew. That's some bad luck there. So, I mean, it happened a lot for a lot of us at DreamWorks. Yeah. Uh, I think it happened. I'm not the only one, but it, it does suck. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that we had a question recently of, you know, how do you deal with the fact that, you know, you work on a shot and it's cut from a movie? Well, there are some people that worked multiple years on a movie that never got released. So that's yes, exactly. uh, can be worse than so, a shot that is cut. But on, on this, the style was super cartoony. So I wasn't from Guardians doing my references and stuff. It was good. And then uh, all of a sudden, I couldn't animate. Like it was impossible for me to get something cartoony. So I completely changed my workflow, the way that I look at reference, the way that I use reference. Uh, it took me about six months, I think, before I got a shot that was looking decent. Mm -hmm. So that's where the whole story starts. But is this is like, to me, it's also being able to adapt with your styles. And and the more you evolve, and the more I understood that it's actually. Um, still using reference for intentions because it's super important to have intentions in your shots, but kind of depending on the style, you stay more or less close to it. So on, on Arcane, I would stay very close to it where on something very cartoony, 
after my first poses of blocking, I think I'm just going to animate with principles and, uh, you know, this kind of anticipation, settle, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. I can totally relate. I had similar experiences with that stylistic whiplash uh, going from, I don't remember what the projects were, but something that was more realistic to uh, Madagascar. And so the, the, the stylistic differences there, they really trip you up and it gets hard to get out of yeah, exactly. the, the rut you might've been in. Yeah, because Jacob, you, you worked in Guardians uh, as well. So you also mm -hmm. went through the experience of, I don't want to say following the reference maybe too much, but following to a point that it's almost like yeah. one for, for one. There's not a lot of creative uh, liberty. So do you feel that it was almost like a necessary exercise that, okay, now I know the extreme, but now I can use it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt, uh, I, I wouldn't change any of that. I learned so much from Guardians and about capturing performance um, and that helped prepare me for future stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, I think it was absolutely necessary in my career path. It was cool. Yeah. Same for so, mine. It's always, it's always been this, like, it's so important to have done this thing about reference and been copying it for years, like what, two years on Guardians, but then you're like, okay, now I can do a lot more. Yeah. So, Alexi, do you feel that, okay, you you really developed this way of properly analyzing a reference and take the essence of the performance, but maybe to a point that you relied so much on it that you almost became, a, you know, I don't want to say no, lazy, uh, but you completely rely on it. And then after that, no, it took you that's all actually where it all changed. After Boo, I got put on Larrikins. So Larrikins is a show that's been canceled again. Uh, I worked two years so, on this. Wait, hold on. So that was three years on Boo and two years on Larrikins right in a row. So five years of work you couldn't show anybody. <laughs> but uh, luckily, Larrikins became a little short that was called Bilby. So it's a whole uh, actual full lens feature film that got put into a, such a short. So there's so many animals and things, but it's not like it's been a big success or so not a lot of people have seen it. But anyway, uh, no matter what, on Larrikins, I was not using any reference. I was just animating for the fun of it, just doing some funny poses, staying in them. And then I would animate without even needing some reference. The problem is, it, and it happened in a couple of shots where... I was missing some intentions and I was going for accents all the time and those kind of things that you don't want to do in animation as well, which is the gimmick of animation of accenting everything, always on the beats, uh, making gestures for everything. It's, it's also that, that that becomes the issue. So that's where it's important to have a bit of a mix. But it, I think it, it, I learned a lot, but I also went away and now I'm actually on, on Arcane, there is shots that I didn't have reference to depend um, when I, when I felt like it was needed for the intentions or for an acting that was feeling very natural, it was important. But when it was something more about posing and I would just do it um, just in the, yeah, yeah. different way. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, Bilby real fast. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because I, I thought it was awesome. And know, also knowing the history of where it came from uh, with a canceled feature film that was pretty far along into production Yep. It probably sets the record for the short film with the biggest cast of extra characters, of fully rigged, modeled, animated characters. Can you talk a little bit more about that project? Yeah, yeah. So, so and Larrikins... Scott post a link to it. It's on Vimeo as well. Scott, can ah, you cool. put that into the chat so people can watch it later? Thank Go ahead. you. Um, so yes, so Larrikins, I was going to call it Larrikins because that was the name of the of the project, uh, was directed by Tim Minchin. 
And this guy is super funny and he was an awesome director to be with. So he was at DreamWorks and he was having those ideas of like these Australian animals that would fight and be raw and rude and they like rock and roll. And so it was a whole musical as well. The problem is it was a musical for, um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to, but I'm pretty sure, yes. Uh, it was a musical about... Um, for kids, like for, but for boys more because it was all fighting. And so it, they were all uh, always like, uh, but it was super fun. And all those characters were designed, I mean, not all, but most of them were designed by Pierre Perifel, uh, a friend of, uh, of ours. And um, he, he did an amazing job. And so with the animation team, there was JP Sans, there was uh, David Weatherly, Onir, and myself and Pierre, and we were developing this this movie, and it was awesome. It was just so awesome. Mm. Uh, creatively, uh, friendship, uh, environment, and as I was saying with Tim Minchin, and it was it was really cool. Now it didn't it didn't do uh, we did I mean DreamWorks didn't do it because of the um, the fact that they thought well it's actually when Universal bought DreamWorks. So it was a, a lot of things that were kind of shaking up. So it's not only DreamWorks, it's a bit of everything that happened on this. Uh, unfortunately, when you have one, two, three movies, some people had Me and My Shadows that was canceled, Boo, plus this. At some point you're like, guys, or there was also the Monkeys. It's like, yeah, it's been a lot of yeah. shows. So people were really like down because of that. But that's why they decided there was this gap and we decided to use all those characters on this short that was created by the same people. Uh, I think the story came from uh, Ornir and uh, uh, Lyron. Yeah, Lyron did the, did the story. And so they all developed that story uh, with Lyron and JP and Pierre. That's that's who it was, sorry, not, not Ornir. And... Um, and we all worked on it. The animators that were part of the of this this production at the beginning, and it was yeah. it was super fun, very creative, very very fun. That's awesome. How did it go with uh, getting that okayed with the studio? What did you have to fight for it? Did they just let it happen? Well, at this then... at this point, they wanted to do shorts. That's you know, there's been a few shorts from DreamWorks. Uh, this one being one of them, and they wanted to do them. So if you had any idea with something that wouldn't. Uh, cost too much money and so they thought well we should do something the the also Tim mention uh, gave his approval which is something that you know he could have said no because all, all the but he, he also said that they could use it so no it's it's been a I think we were lucky to be able to show actually those design and those characters um, because it, it changed from what we were used to you know in some way in terms of artistically and I think that's the same team actually that is behind Bad Guys. I mean, Pierre is the director of Bad Guys, and uh, those guys, JP, is the head of animation of Bad Guys. And um, it's really cool what they're um, what they're doing with the the poses, the style, and it's cool that DreamWorks is you know pushing for some lines, some some simplification in things. Uh, I hope people um, uh, like it. You know. Um, yeah, the, the the trailer got released not not long ago, and I was uh, it, it was I was pretty stoked by uh, by by this one. Yeah. So it, it's fun to see that you know DreamWorks is going to explore in a slightly different direction that they're uh, already uh, doing. So that's uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Gra graphically is really for that. It's really cool. I agree. 
Yeah, and Bilby was the so was it the last production that you did at DreamWorks? Uh, no, I was on Dragon Three. Dragon Three was the last one. Uh, yes, yes. And was it, was it a Dragon Three was good? Was it a tough decision to uh, leave DreamWorks? Uh, it's not actually. I didn't. It's not necessarily leaving DreamWorks. It was really leaving the U.S. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to go back to France. Um, I became a U.S. citizen, so I'm a American as well. So, uh, uh, but I just wanted to come back to France to even for my kids. There, they were eight and five year old. I wanted to see them uh, to to grow up in France and. Um, But I'm, yeah, I'm really happy in France. In, I'm in the south of France, so it's a, a beautiful uh, place to live. Um, I'm in Camargue. Camargue is like, uh, it's a little bit like Florida. It has like flamingos and a lot of uh, swamps and, uh, and, and horses. And it's actually a beautiful place. And, um, and yeah, and, uh, and I'm working from Montpellier, which is like uh, 20 minutes driving. And yeah, I'm having a um, really enjoying life here. So, so, and, Um, all this has been possible because of Fortiche and because of the project of Arcane, because of Riot. So I'm super happy. At the beginning, being in Montpellier and trying to uh, to work from here, I think I would have uh, gone with uh, Agora. <laughs> I'm honest, you know, like for me, it's the project that would have made it so that I would, uh, yeah. No, it's true. Like being able to work from from where you want is also a very, very yeah. cool thing. I would say that Arcane was a pretty good plan B. You did, you did well. <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy and so grateful. Um, I mean, I'm always saying, but for Bart who put me yeah. on this project, for the owners of Fortiche, for the the studio that they created, because that's always the core of of Arcane. Is this is is those three guys in Fortiche and what they did is like, um, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to, to ask before we dive a little bit into uh, Arcane, uh, how would you describe the cultural difference in, at the workplace of working for an American animated animation studio compared to a French um, animation studio? <laughs> um, I, I actually, it's um, in the US, you have to be uh, to act. Uh, So it's actually it has both ends of the of the side. I think in the U.S. you have to be very uh, careful about how you say things and how you behave in the workplace. With where in France you can be a bit more, uh, like not say crazy, but um, doing yeah, things like, and not less careful with everything that you're saying. Yeah. Yes, even saying or doing, you know, like a party or um, something in the workplace that shouldn't be done or like they don't they don't really care but the problem with this is it also sometimes creates things that are not necessarily easy to fix or to deal with in terms of a company let's say if you're at dreamworks by having a certain way of uh, acting and doing things you are able to uh, make sure that things don't go wrong you know or don't go the, the bad way which can happen as well in in the place that is more open However, I think at DreamWorks, um, they always actually were pretty relaxed about all this. I think it's been not as easy with, uh, you know, like like in studios, other studios. I'm not going to say names anymore. Uh, after I'm on Cartoon Brew, I'm like, oh, damn it. Uh, anyway, um, but no, but but. Anyway, I think yes. And in the workplace in France, that's what I like. You can say that when things are not right, when the when the something doesn't feel good in terms of the story, in terms of 
I think they, you can definitely say more. It's not as, um, but it's, it's the same thing. Like right now I'm talking about our Fortiche and Fortiche is very different than if I'm talking about another company in France, you mm -hmm. know, that is working for another big studios. I think it would be different for McGuff. It would be different for Micros. It would be different for, uh, for DreamWorks. Is it different for Disney? So to me, the culture That's a little bit more of like a specific thing for Fortiche's culture rather than American versus France studio. Yeah, I think it's is that, and and at Fortiche they they started as a, at fifteen people in a in an apartment, where people could stay all night and work and enjoy and drink and party and like like if they were friends. And I think that's what they kept as their culture is this thing of pe pe people being able to to just feel like they're at home. And that's that's always been Jérôme and Pascal and Arnaud's ID on this. And I think it's it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's never been the ID you know, of DreamWorks or Disney or any of those companies, I think. It's yeah. more of a workplace where you can become an amazing artist, where you can have, like at DreamWorks, it's like, like uh, in some way, we always felt very, very lucky to be able to have this place that is amazing, where you have free food, where you, if you have something that is not, uh, if you don't feel good, they will make sure that you're 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 getting better, or that you they will do everything for you. And it's an environment where you can grow as an artist. I mean, I've learned so much. Like when we talk about Guardians to Boo to this, it's like it'll help me learning about animation so much. So, and for how all those years and in, in movies that I'm super proud to have worked on. So it's still an amazing uh, workplace to me it's always been and the the difference uh, i love fortiche for arcane and the project but i also remember and loved all this a lot is when i arrived and even after 13 years i think it's still something that um, so it's different yeah. but both are really really cool but different yeah. in terms uh, of uh, artistically i'm super happy at fortiche like and even in terms of the studio but uh, yeah yeah, that, uh, I read an article that recently that mentioned that, you know, the uh, co-founder of Fortiche are all uh, artists themselves and that has an impact on the uh, studio. So is that something that you that you recognize yourself and how would you say it kind of differ differentiate Fortiche from other studios that might be maybe run more by managers or, you know, uh, business uh, men and women? It's, I think it's a very hard thing when you have a studio to be able to say that you're not going to do something for money, but you're going to do it because of your uh, wanting to do something artistic and cool. It's very hard because I think most studios want when they do a project to make money. You know, it's the same thing with Larrikins, if we think about it, or uh, Boo. It's like, are we doing this movie or not? No, it's not going to make enough money because they don't even think about is it a good story what is not working is it's more about the this where in in for teach for arcane it's always been about uh, let's make something really awesome let's make something cool that looks this way that is so graphic that it it's never been about is with this you think people will like this i remember uh, so everybody, um, the first time I came to Fortiche, I looked at the season one in boards. I was amazed by it. And I remember knowing this will be like amazing. And it's funny because even, even the Arno was telling me, so the, the, one of the head of Fortiche, the director of Arcane uh, from, from Fortiche, 
he was like uh, towards the end he's like do you think people will like it do you think it's going to work and I, and it was the end and i knew what the season was like and how it was looking and obviously i i was like yes but even me i was like maybe not maybe it's too adult maybe people are not going to even watch it because it's not for kids so i started to put everything back into into doubting into the way that we've been always taught about like if it's for adults it's not going to work if it's uh to this it's not going to work if it's too uh, if there's people smoking it's not going to work if there is people with drinks it's not going to work and like they they try and they push for a lot of those things for blood for and I think it's cool, and that's what people loved about Arcane. It's because it's so real, and it's it's always been pushing for that in every every uh, every step of the of the production. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just curious, how what can you say about the creative relationship with uh, uh, Riot Games? Uh, because as you mentioned, okay, we have people that are going dr uh, going to drink, there will be smoking, this and that. How much? Did it have to go through the, you know, committee decision of what can be put on the screen or not? So Riot is same thing. I think is an amazing company. Uh, when I was in LA, I remember wanted to work for Riot. Uh, after DreamWorks, I was like, where should I go? There's Riot who is opening this cinematic thing. And I went there. It's an amazing place. So you know what DreamWorks does? They do it, but in a way where if you want to take holidays, you can. Uh, you can take two weeks. You're going to get paid. And then you can take three months, you're going to get paid as long as you give them something from your artistic or from, from what you do that, um, you know, is, is so it's a place where you can be an artist and you can uh, work on your own things and, and evolve. So, so they know a little bit about that and they know that they can let the artists work on their things and it's going to give something good. So I think that's a big thing about why this work between uh, Fortish and Riot. I think it's, it, I'm sure it has been tough. You know, there's moments where um, it was hard, and but uh, the the vision that Christian Linke had, um, and uh, this guy is a, a German, um, so I'm, uh, also there is this European things with the French, and it's always been when I see him with the um, the, the directors of Arcane. Uh, it's always so fun. Uh, like they know each other so well, and they all all really interact in a very collaborative and funny way and i don't know to me it's always been going in the same direction is like the, just what what needed the show so it's never been about the smoking i know that they've asked sometimes to reduce some or things like that because it was starting to get big you know so when it gets big then people are like oh but there is a lot of it but if not it's still something that was always kind of pushed for the artistic vision of the directors at Fortiche of Arnaud and Pascal and Jerome, they always wanted to push for their vision and they always let them do that, which is something that is amazing. And it's also coming from the fact that uh, it's Riot also invested in this, you know, Netflix came very late in the game. Um, it's never been, it's always been Riot who has invest all their, um, everything into, into the show, into Fortiche. So, yeah. Did you guys anticipated the success? That it would have that it was going to to have because i mean it's one thing to know that okay what we're doing we know it's good but we've all seen projects that we've we knew they were good and they just didn't take off and and for me arcane is arguably a i would dare to say a cultural uh, phenomenon because and the reason i say that is even before i saw it you know for the last three years two three years uh, each time a client would 
come uh, to Agaran. It's super high quality and great style. It was Spider-Verse. Uh, I mean, it was the go-to thing. And something happened in December and it, it stopped being Spider-Verse and it started <laughs> arcane. It was like, okay, what is this? <laughs> I, need, I need to watch this, uh, the, the, uh, this show. So it became more than just the, 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 the show itself. Uh, that's true. Uh, did you, somebody told did you me that uh, I don't remember who told me that like a few days ago. Like now everybody wants to see. Uh, like every client comes, and I think I was in a in a, yeah in, a, in something at Montpellier, and somebody told me that like now every every client that comes is just asking for some marketing, uh, similar stuff. Um, no, we were not anticipating. I mean, yes and no. It's the same thing. I'm like, it's so good. It looks so beautiful. The first time again I saw this, it was already comped. It was already. This first episode that you guys have seen, it's the, the thing that Bart showed me. It was a bit different to come, but not that much. It was a little bit of, um, and it, yeah, I was blown away. But it's the style that they, uh, to me, on Rise already or on KDA, the style was already there. It was already like set. And um, yeah, on, on episode one as well. This is something that they, they took time to develop, but now that they had it, um, to me, it's what make this beautiful after for the story uh, when i saw the board and the story i was i was uh, blown away uh yeah after episode three uh, i couldn't believe it the end of episode three <laughs> i was like okay what's going on let's see i remember it was like third day or something like this i was starting and um, when you start uh, you start on a walk cycle you see they do um, similar things that what we do on guardians on guardians we would do um, a walk to turn to to start as a like what they do is when you start on the show, guys, uh, they give you a week or two weeks of ramp up so that you get used to the style of the show. So when you when I got onto Arcane, uh, we had a walk cycle like that, and then I don't remember what it was uh, because I'm doing something. Uh, then I started at Montpellier doing a, a walk and then a, a facial test. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it was cool when. But I stopped the walk cycle to look at the episodes, and then I was hooked. It was like yeah. And, and so for the success, to me, um, it was yes, because it was amazing and it was beautiful. But the only thing that I was doubting was this, was maybe um, the fact that it was too adult, maybe that adult people wouldn't watch this. So who would watch it? But everybody, um, I think, that watches it is hooked into the story, into what the character does. Yeah, my my mother-in-law... Um, she saw it and she was like she because i worked on it so she looked at it and she was like i would have never thought of watching that but i just it was amazing i she just enjoyed it a lot so yeah i think to me cool. it was like okay so that that means that it will work for a lot of people but it was already yeah. too late anyway it was already first everywhere i was like okay cool <laughs> you mentioned that when you joined for she watched episode one that was slightly different than it is now i had read or heard things that they redid episode one like six times over the course of six years or something i know that was before you got there but do you know if that was an evolution yes. of design or story or finding so, characters story um i i don't think i'm allowed to say but things shifted between where they were originally and what they when they ended up so some scenes were in the episode one they ended up in episode three and uh, so it oh, okay. got reshift but it's amazing those shifts. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about them because they're always saying, "Oh, we don't want to say too much about." But it's those kind of shifts that makes. Have to talk about any of those specifics. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's those kind of shifts that makes it feel like um, 
oh wow it's really cool actually wow because then you understand the whole the whole story that's back back there and etc yeah uh for you what makes it a uh artistic and creative uh success because there's many different elements that needs to from the character design to the aesthetic to the animation uh it just seems that it just gel super well uh yeah, to, to, together and i'm assuming that's a recipe that needed to be reworked exactly. and reworked and reworked well, and maybe for... th this is where it becomes handy to have co-founder that are creative themselves so they're like no we're not going to stop until it's amazing but what what from your standpoint makes it just gel together so so well what is exactly what is, is that is the co-founders and um and uh, and bart and um uh, Julien, who is the um, uh, the the master at Comp, um, so those guys is basically there's um, uh, Pascal Charu. Um, he's the guy who runs all the modeling and all the character design and all the the assets basically. So everything, and he's the owner of Fortiche, and he does so all all the the sculptures and all this. So. That's a big, big part of it. The second one is in Jérôme Combe, who invented the style of Fortiche and this kind of 2D uh, with some of the clips that he he he, um, he directed, uh, like I think in 2012 on La Gaviota. I think it was him who developed this kind of Fortiche style. And then you have Arnaud Delors, who is the director who comes up with all those ideas in those sequences that you see and the cinematography in those sequences and how they kind of um, is like is the editing is all this stuff that is very specific to 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 arcane but is also coming from this guy so those 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 are the three first and then uh, for the two other one is the animation team uh, that's been working on some making a style that feels real that feels uh, kind of raw, but that doesn't feel over animated. And that also doesn't feel like super posy in the way where it wouldn't feel natural. So it's always been a fine line. And also in the comp department, because those guys like the matte painting and the composition and the, 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 the lighting, and it's just stunning. So it's those five guys together that are able to, um, to create this. Hmm artistically so create this and then after that assembling a team that will be able to scale this for because you you guys did like the equivalent of what like three animated feature like yeah back to back literally <laughs> yeah we were crazy. like going but it's um in terms of animation in terms of quotas we have also something that is similar to to feature film so we, we were going to be able to hit that uh that the only thing is the animation is uh, when it's very real or when it's very needs to feel real, it's a lot harder and takes more time, especially on mechanics, um, like on some of those shots on mechanics and in the fighting and stuff, it takes a lot more time. So, so that's also where sometimes we need to go for faster in some things, but we're, we don't even do that. We try to always keep for the best quality and everything. So that's, that's, that to me is what's showing as well is because we had the time to do it uh, well, you know, in all the departments. And then why is it not as expensive as other stuff if we spend that much time in animation? 
It's because uh, Fortiche has a very um, in intelligent way of thinking their pipeline and their process and the way that they render and the way that they comp and the way that they rig and the way that they board and the way that they do everything else around the animation like because animation is i think is one of the only department that keeps the same size as uh the rest uh in terms of lighting they don't have lighters but they have a lot of people that paints so it's still a very very big size as well those are the two main main big departments is like they don't have they don't have, they lighters. don't have lighters no there is no no lighting lighting and uh on it it's all painted there is uh passes of lights where you have a rim or a rim or something like this. So but they are automated paths that is then sent to comp and come kind of reassemble them and deal yeah, with the like, lighting yeah. in real time. Lighting and it's per shot. It's a lot of painting per shot and per, um, and it's, um, <clears throat> but it, it saves us a lot of money and rigging same way. They find wow. very smart ways of having characters that, uh, I mean, uh, rigs that are being able to be ported and so that we don't have as much rigorous as what, uh, for example, there was a DreamWorks or, uh, or there is a Disney or in other companies. Yeah, and for the boards is because the boards are very, very well detailed and they stick to those with something that we always requested, uh, since day one is like try let's let's have some boards that are really well done so then after we can match those and then we don't have to redo everything and change cameras in every shot is something that we 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 never do like we never change camera um i mean we never yes we do change camera but it's not like if the camera is here we're going to put it this way it's like it's going to adjust ever so slightly if needed but most of the time we're not because um usually we work in the same time as the the painting departments so that um if we move cameras and the painting is to be redone completely so then it doesn't work wow can you talk a little bit about the animation techniques that you found on this one? You talked about the style of the, the fighting. What sorts of techniques did you use for those impacts uh, to make them hit harder and feel heavier and everything? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, first is mimicking something that feels real. So when we were boxing, so uh, the head of animation, Bart Manuri, started, I think, taking boxing classes when he started on Arcane like six years ago and stuff to learn a bit about techniques. So he would let us know about the foot, how it turns, the fact that your, your body turns and your hips there and that it stays more on the spot instead of going, you know, for the whole thing that feels, it's actually more into real uh, fighting techniques, which I think is very important, is also um, uh, what the boards do. And there's also some animators that are super talented on this show. Uh, about this, like one is a uh, Kefu, a uh, Kevin Fu. I, I'm sure you guys have seen some of his stuff, but he does a lot of smears, a lot of uh, beautiful posing with some timing that is completely out there. And this guy works on ones, and he completely is like uh, insane. But he's amazing at what he does. And um, one of the team um, that did a lot of those fights uh, that are really cool is uh one is stefan mangin who was one of the leads uh and he had kfu actually in his team 
and they did the the Jinx uh, Vi thing. They did the Vi as well only, you know, where where Vi punched in the the first one, and I think it's in episode three. And then they did the other sequence with Jinx and Vi. I mean, when Jinx redoes the movements of Vi and same team, uh, they did as well the. When they're on the bridge, the knife shot and all this, that's where they're their sequence. And then there was also the Sevika fights, those two Vice Sevika fights, those two different sequences of fight. One was done by Remy Tero's team with a lot of animators that are amazing on there. And the other one was done, I think, by uh it was, if I'm not mistaken, Martial's team who did the other fights. Uh no. Uh, I don't know, but a lot of animator working on that one, on that last Sevika uh, Vive uh, fight in the bar where they drink and stuff. And it's just very, very talented animators that come up with IDs, but they all go in the reference room and they shoot some ref of themselves. And I don't know when I'm getting blurry. Sorry, guys. My camera <laughs> Technical issue. There we go. <laughs> I just put your hand in front of it. It's going to refocus sometime. <laughs> Nope, didn't work. Like, no. Perfect, way better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up. Oh, wow, there we go. Awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah, and but um, and we we also looked at a lot of um, on the pre-pro. They look at a lot of anime stuff. Um, I think it's something that's uh, like Satoshi Kon uh, for editing for the way that people would even uh, uh, even in terms of animation how we are not going to push for overacting or for things that feel very natural and normal i think it was a big big inspiration what yeah wow. so something that uh i felt was adding a lot uh was the um the 2d effects that you uh and especially i mean on contacts and, and all that uh, was yes, it something that sure. was a little bit informed by 3D animators that they would like animate a sphere just for timing or something like that? Or it's something that was completely <clears throat> done afterwards in comp? So no, we do a bit of both. So when we do the animation, so for contacts and things like that, uh, again, animators would do a lot. We do we, we would do the smears in some stuff and we would do uh, multiple arms or limbs or depending on the shots or... Um, but the 2D effects on this show, um, they're going after us and they're doing things on twos. So it creates something a bit sharp that's really cool and it creates uh, an amazing mix between the two. But uh, yeah, they, those impacts and the comp as well in the impacts and the, the things that they added is, um, yeah. Like yeah. it just sells the shot a lot more and it, it helps with those impacts. What they do is you do, they put like a, a, a white frame with like white, uh, it's like a, a, an inverted frame which completely painted. Mm -hmm. And even, I don't know if you've seen like when the bones get crashed sometimes, that's all 2D stuff that they do as a pass after. So the animator did all this stuff, but then they do, they do the, the bone that crashes in 2D. And the same thing, it's that's being so cool. done smartly, you know, instead of, Oh, let's do it in 3D. We do the broken. No, we're just doing passes of mm. 2D on top of things, and it works great because it's also very graphic. So you can do that. It's also for sure because from yeah. the beginning, this show is uh, it's very very graphic for that. But as you said, but, yeah. it's very it's very smart because on, on one side it, it, it's more time efficient to do it in in 2D. But that's the kind of show that literally you can stop on every frame. And you have a nice picture painting and yeah. that so i'm 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 just super impressed that that is basically just you know uh automated 
uh, lighting that is exported in paths that you reassemble in comp and then uh, drawn. It's because uh, it's because the, it's the painting that, that makes all this. I mean, really, the technique uh, is something that. So this, do you remember Burning Safari? Yes. <laughs> you know, so Burning Safari, guys, is a short movie that was done at Gobelin uh, before I arrived at DreamWorks. So it's like uh, 20 years ago. Okay. And this show, the um, production designer was Aurélien Prédal. Aurélien Prédal is an amazing art director. Um, he worked on a few movies, but you should look at his art. It's stunning. This guy, he did some stuff. So he painted the backgrounds, okay, like a, like a painting. And then he would do kind of the similar uh, models but that are like, let's say if it's a, a sphere, he's going to do a quick sphere, a quick cube, just so that there is some type of um, depth to it. And then you can turn around and then they project his painting on these mm. things. It's called a cam map, okay? So yeah. a cam map is something that's been used for years something that we do a lot at Gobelin. Uh, it's efficient, it doesn't take as much time, and it's amazing. And that's the technique that they use. It's just a cam mapping. So they paint, they make some assets, they make it a bit more rough than if it was a DreamWorks movie where you would have to, to do like a, a textures of everything in there. So they paint and they reuse frames and they reuse the same assets and stuff like that. So it's efficient. And it, it first, it doesn't show at all. That's the amazing part. It actually makes it better. And uh, yeah, and it doesn't cost as much. I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. Because it restricts a lot of other areas, which is good. You know, like I was saying about the layout, the cameras, um, even the, 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 the cinematography language, because all this is also coming from things that are done in live action. And I don't know if you guys have seen, uh, I, I like Mandalorian or Boba Fett, I don't know why, but it's mm -hmm. much simpler in the way that they stage those things, in the way that they think about the, the cinematography and the way it's been done. And it, it shows, and in some way, to me, it feels much, uh, much better than if you think of those big Star Wars with everything that they can put so that it feels, it's a bit of that, you know, is making it to what actually, um, yeah, yeah, makes it yeah for for just for the art of it. Yeah, I mean, limitation and constraint is uh, definitely uh, helping the creative side. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, how did uh, how would you say what was the impact of COVID on the uh, on the production? Uh, because for some studios, like well. Literally within a week, uh, everyone was working from home and they were as efficient. And there's other studio that barely made it uh, uh, through it. So how would um, you... We, we did half of season one, I would say, <laughs> during COVID. But it's been on and off in France. In France, we were off for like the first uh, months or two months, I think. So this, everybody was at home. And within the first week, yeah, everybody was working. I think it went well. It's just... Um, it's just, it's, for us, it was not as easy as being at work for a reference, for um, communication, for meetings, for, it's still, it's still okay. I'm actually working from home. It's been three weeks again and people are, and it works, but it's funny for the culture that goes with Fortiche, uh, me, and I think a lot of people prefer to be at work, you know, in, in the environment and stuff. But uh, we actually, um, 
it, it actually worked well. I think we made it work well. Um, but we also have been in, like at Montpellier, we started on episode seven. And so seven, eight, nine, we did uh, all being in, in at the work. And actually, even after when we got into uh, before season two, uh, we stayed in the studio. And even in season two, we stayed in the studio. It's just been those three weeks now that we've been. Um, so it's been a year where we have been in the studio for, uh, for Montpellier, for example. So it depends, yeah. But we all have masks at work, and uh, but it's okay. We we uh, we have um, that's something that uh, um, I like. You know, we have a ping pong table, we have foosball, something that we had at DreamWorks actually as well. Uh, but uh, it's cool to be able to play and have fun during the the breaks between people, so that it creates a bit of a yeah of a team team building and team spirit. And then we, when we had the arcane rap party, we would do like those big tournament of foosball uh, all together, like against each other. It was really cool. It was like the, they they do gigantic foosball table where you're like ten playing against ten. So it's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Can you point to a specific thing that you would consider to be your proudest achievement on your contribution to arcane? Um, being a, but actually I'm super, uh, no, no, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful, but proud, not really. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm proud to have been part of Arkane for sure. Like, but it's more the same thing is I'm grateful to be able to have been part of it and to uh, have been able to say that I worked on it and that I, that I got to animate on it because that was the main, like, it was so much fun when I used to animate, I don't animate anymore. I miss it. <laughs> That's why now that I have I, I have uh, 20 animators that I um you know so I I'm in the Fortiche branch so I have uh, I I'm supervising all those guys and it's um it's cool but I'm missing the animation part of things. Actually I, I casted myself two shots today so I'm gonna start. <laughs> Good for you. You deserve it. Um, I've seen that we have a lot of question uh, uh, in chat today. So uh, Scott, whenever you want to start to pull them at the uh, bottom of the uh, of this uh, window, we're going to go through them uh, very rapidly. Uh, I saw one uh, passing by, and the question was, how much mocap was used? Uh, None. Arcane. <laughs> None. None mocap. Zero. None mocap. Zero mocap. No, there we, we go. <laughs> we don't. We don't use mocap. Um, we have been animating all this. Um, it's something that that's uh, that's been important because yeah, we've been spending a lot of time on mechanics and things and looking at reference. So no mocap used on Arcane. What, was there uh, any discussion about maybe uh, using it for some, let's say, background characters background, or yes. you know? Yeah. Yes, but this no. So if we're talking about main, no. If we're talking about uh, uh, on the background characters, not the not. So there is three parts. There is crowds, there is animation main, and there is animation extra. Extra is some background characters that are closer that are animated hand. But for the crowds, uh, mocap I think was used. Okay. So we have like the the is some suits. I think I don't know the brand. Uh, with some few captors um, that they use for that. Okay. But so, yes, there has been in crowds. Yeah. So again, I'm, trying to be... I'm not even sure, actually. Maybe they use the cycles that we did for the, the extras because there's been a lot of libraries, extensive libraries that uh, we can reuse on different characters, different things. So 
but we yeah all those were created um there's been a, a quite a gap in between at the beginning of season one uh when they rewrite it and uh, etc and at this moment they did a lot of uh, pre-production yeah all right so by the way scott you can bring those questions uh one after the uh, the other so we can go through uh, as many as we as we can uh thank you for much for doing this how much time was spent on animating the body versus the facial animation Mm, well, it depends on the shot. If it's a facial shot, just it's we, we spend a lot of time on both. I think uh, the only thing I would say is mechanical shots where you see the whole body walking and turning. And I remember this shot of Victor that is coughing, is putting on his cane and he's turning and he's going away that I had to do. And I spent, I don't remember how much long on this. Uh, and I will never put it in my reel, uh, but it was a it was a nightmare. So for those kind of shots, yeah, I think uh, is where we spend the most time for no reward whatsoever. Where we have shots that are much more close on the face, and then we get a lot of good stuff about it. So. <laughs> I remember there were times on Guardians where people would show shots uh, that are just the body animated and the face kind of turned off to so see if you could so, sell to, the yeah. body mechanics of the performance. Did you ever do any of those sorts of things? No, so on, on Arcane, we um, I think it's some, actually it's very very um, good question. It's some about the workflow thing. The one thing that I do differently than I did on Gardens is we do very few poses at the beginning to get the most appealing pose that we can um, going in, you know, pose to pose, and then I keep on going on pose to pose, pose to pose, pose to pose. So we always work with face and body all together working for a whole uh, kind of pose. It's a very 2D way of doing things at the end. However, when we show our blocking to Riot, we show it uh, on twos most of the time, or maybe fours, twos, something like this in blocking, but it's a very detailed blocking for our first pass because we've developed such a good relationship with them in animation that we know already a little bit of what Christian is looking for in terms of acting, in terms of, so we can push for blocking a little bit further, and it's it's really cool because of yeah. that. But I, yeah, so I love that. That leads perfectly into this question. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, how much, you know, uh, how much feedback would Riot give in general? Would they be very broad feedback, or it can go into my uh, my new details? So, so for animation, it's going to be about the performance for the shot. But for the characters, because here I see the impact, the vibe of the characters. I think for the characters, it comes from story. So when they worked in the storyboards with Fortiche, so it's Fortiche people that worked on the boards, and they tried to develop a little bit about the vibe of the characters in those, actually a lot of the vibe of the character. So when it comes to animation, we already know uh, who, who is the character, how she acts, why she acts like this. And so it's more about some of the intention that might not show in boards about things that uh, Christian would like for us to, to show. But we have a launch where he explained very, uh, very well what he wants on each shot. Sometimes he doesn't even go through each shot. It depends on the sequence and if it's very important, those reactions or not. And after when we show him, yeah, it's uh, exactly about intentions. If the intention is not met, if the if the if what he's expecting the the audience to see is not seen, it's this kind of thing, then I think it's it's really good because like that, for us, we can focus on all the details of animation, making it feel uh, connected, uh, polished, uh, well animated, beautiful posing. All this stuff is uh, is left to us. 
but the intention and the, those things is left to to the director, which is really cool. Awesome. All right, it's Scott, very rare that you get to show the whole sequence like this. We show a whole blocking up, we show the whole final, and then we get maybe one or two tweaks, and that's it. So it works really well for us in animation. Great. Uh, can we ever expect merch such as art book from Fortiche, or is there any way to support you guys directly? Is there already uh, an art book that has been released? No. No, I wish we had more of this, if I'm honest. Uh, I want to see more things for Tish. Right now, we have things Riot. Uh, like we get when we get merch, we get merch from Riot, which is cool. We're still very, very happy about those. But it's still something that I would love to see is, uh, yeah, is an art book with the art that's been produced, with the, the textures that's been shown and all this stuff. Uh, was there any difficulty with animating the Atlas Gauntlet in fight scene or others? Uh, difficulty, no, but it was a lot of things to animate on those. Uh, there's lots of little things that move, and all these were hand animated uh, by the animators. Even the little, the little thing that turns, and uh, so no, but it's it's actually really cool, um, really cool stuff to to work on and to to play with uh, when when we can. Yeah. Was that was there a lot of animation in pre-production to kind of find the style no. of even of those? No. No, the gauntlets arrived. I think when we were on the episode that was uh, showcasing them, so so we had no <laughs> pre-production while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was super cool actually. I think it, it we were. That's the good thing as well is Bart has a very clear idea on how he thinks things should move or how things should, and for for this it. Um, you know, it helps us go in the right direction. And even even the animators that start on those shots always come up with cool ideas, and then they they tailor it to what they want to see. I think it it worked well. It's something that I I think I don't you know is something that you want to avoid in animation, having things arrive at the last minute and having to do it on the. But it's been working really well on this show, and I'm super impressed about that. But I think uh, Bart really hold this show as uh, he really knows it very very well, and um, and actually, Bart is working. Uh, I mean, on season two, and he's doing amazing, and he's helping us a lot on all this stuff. So, awesome! Uh, did having so long on the series help reduce crunch time? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> we we had a few crunch time. The problem is in Montpellier, I didn't have a lot of crunch time. I had some in Paris at some point. It's like at some point in animation, the crunch time is when we have to finish an episode so that. Uh, Riot has approving it and that it can go on. Um, I think we we had enough time to make it make it the way that we wanted. So so we never really had to do like overtime or extra hours uh, things like that. I think in general we it was it was well um, well produced. Yeah. So we because you know especially in animation you have quotas so you need a good team to make sure that you're able so good preparation good team you can hit those quotas so you don't have to do all this extra work afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but here uh, the, the the leads were doing a lot of that with their team, trying to manage their team, and because we have a lot of sequences, you know, that are starting, we can start on different sequences at the same time, which allows as well to to be more flexible in how we deliver things. 
uh, to me, one thing that, you know, when you're an animator and you have to show your shot every two days in dailies to the same director again and again, it's counterproductive. And you have this whole sequence that everybody works on and we all finish the blocking approximately at the same time. But if a few animators are, are done, you can put them onto something else in the meantime that we show the blocking, then it makes things much more productive. So I think that's a very good thing. But being able to have full sequence that are completely approved and that are not going to change is also required by having a good story ahead, having a good uh, boards that are just locked and all this stuff. Which but it sounds like you primarily to... worked with sequence teams as opposed to character teams. Yeah, completely. Uh, there was no character teams. It was more about, um, yeah, it was all, all sequence-based. But we had uh, uh, people doing libraries for certain characters, and so that now we're all on models, always the same. Cool. Uh, we had the time to develop that because of the lens of the, of the show, for sure. Yeah. Uh, from storyboard to layout to final shot, how many passes does a sequence go through to create visual flow and tracking uh, on screen? Uh, a lot, uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so that I, I actually, um, I don't know exactly. You mean like uh, through Riot or through Fortiche or because, well, uh, yeah, a lot, yeah. Yeah, well, let's say for animation between the animatic to final animation going through, you know, layout and blocking and all that. Usually, uh, how many passes do you, would, on average so would you for, present? For an animator, let's say on Arcane, uh, so he would show his shot to his lead uh, once, then his lead might give him some notes. Then if the lead and him are happy, they will show it to the head of animation, which was Bart. If Bart gives him maybe a note, then they would show it to after. If Bart says it's okay, they, we would show it to the showrunner. Most of the time, he wouldn't have a note. So then you would go back, spline your shot, maybe show it one more time to your lead. He gave you a note or two. Show it to Bart a second time for the final spline polish and then going for final in front of Christian. If he has a note, you send it back one more time, but usually doesn't. So but that's the process. But it, if you think of processes in other places, um, it can go on and on like this because here when we block it, uh, it's approved by your uh, supervisor and your head of animation, which is the case in all studios. So to be able to go through director, you have to do that no matter what. So this is the general same thing. But then after, because of Christian and the thing that we did, it was very, very easy. Again, like two, two times in dailies, which is something that we, I mean, it's very, it's not that often, you know. Yeah. Uh, did all animators act out their own ref or did you get some actors in as well? Some of the walks or movement are so distinct and super cool. So yes, we did our, all our own ref. Uh, some animators are uh, uh, very good at doing that. And I also think in terms of attitude and movements, uh, I'm going to again give a kudos to Bart who... Um, small things, but there is something on this show where characters tend to look more like this than usual. It's like that. It's actually a little bit more angled. Uh, even in the posing and stuff, it's, it's always trying to find something about it that is distinct, but doesn't feel... Because super cool could be as well, you know, this or this or something like that. But it's always about more uh, raw, crude, and a bit down. And, and I think it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's coming uh, from did, that. Did you have some animators that were not comfortable to shoot their own ref, so you had other animators shoot it for, yes. for them? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. We always, uh, it's something that I, I think is very important for all animators to, if they're not comfortable, they should try it and then ask others to do it, but they should keep on trying. Uh, I wasn't doing, like I remember doing my ref on Dragon 1 or they were horrible and I would always ask others to do it for me. Uh, I think I, I never did a ref at, uh, I mean, I did some ref at DreamWorks, but very late in, in, in my career. And here I'm just doing some some ref um, uh, on all my shots, no matter what is the character and it's becoming something very, very uh, much easier. Yeah. Um, What's the most challenging is, shot you have to work on? Sorry. Uh, first, A, A says, I never met you, but I'm very happy for that question. And second, I'm using oh, I didn't a lot notice. of your... <laughs> Seske said, oh, okay. And I, I've seen your, um, I always use your demo reel from my animate for my students to show them about context and subtext. I think those are amazing um because of the fact that there's always something that the character is saying is in his relationship whereas where he is and what he's doing which makes the shot much more organic and interesting to look at so i'm always using your uh, your eye animate reel for that uh, anyway and as to show as well as a result of uh, very good things anyway was the most challenging shot you have worked on uh, you mean on Arc if it's on arcane uh it, it was the victor shot turning and going away which um, is not something that I'm super proud of or that I want necessarily to, to show. But I would say in the whole career, I think it was a shot of stoic turning and yelling at uh, Hiccup that I, I think I spent three months or something like that on that I redid and redid. It's, it's, the ref was not very good and I used it and they didn't like it. And but anyway. Was that in Dragons uh, 1 or 2? 1, yeah, on the 1, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any specific book resources you use for inspiration for certain aspect of the show, color, environments, characters? So it comes back to influence uh, for the, the the show in in. So for the show, the problem is it's not my influence on the color environments and stuff. What I would say is they they use the uh, steampunk and art deco as a bit of their um, different style for the two worlds. But even this has been more detailed than that. Um, me, what I think for animators is a very good resource uh, website. It's called Living Lines Library. It's a bit old school. It's all 2D animation, uh, but there is a lot of pre-production on there where you have a lot of model sheets. And I think it's super important, uh, maybe not as much on Arcane, but in general to look at model sheets in terms of appeal or how to draw shape just to get simplification in shapes. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'm not sure about the, um, on Arcane, it's a bit different because we're, um, we're trying to keep um, the shapes that are graphic in the show and not resulting to maybe Disney appeal uh, tweaks or this kind of things, but it's still something very valuable to look at. I think this, um, the 2D, uh, 2D drawings for, for inspiration and for shapes. Awesome. Uh, will you recruit junior animators anytime soon? Any advice for what you look for in an animator's showreel? And this is a question we have often during those streams. What are studio looking for <laughs> in a showreel, especially from junior animators that might be getting out, out of school? Uh, cool. Um, so uh, for uh, in terms of animation, um, sorry, but 
the whole season two is full. So for Arcane, I don't think there is any recruitment that's going to be uh, done. However, uh, I've recruited um, a lot of uh, junior animators at Montpellier and even at Paris um, that have grown as being really amazing animator. Um, so I think it's something that it's not because you're junior that uh, it's going to be harder. Uh, in terms of for an animator's reel, for a reel like Fortiche, um, I mean, a studio like Fortiche, we want to see things that feels uh, has weight, that feels naturalistic, and that has intentions. So anything where your character is going to go from a pose to a pose to something like this is something that we don't necessarily want to see. We rather see things like, again, like dragons or like arcane type of sensibilities in, in the acting and in the movement and in the weight. Uh, it's, yeah, it's something like this. It could be as well a bit of VFX. I think it's something that we'll also like, but it's a bit of a mix of both. But whenever it's too cartoony, uh, it's something that we try to, to, I mean, we're careful with because it's not the same way of animating. Um, it has, you have to have a certain sensibility for, again, for weight, for mechanics, uh, this kind of things. Yeah. Uh, you want so to quickly revisit some of the things you mentioned for Sesk Reel and why you show yes, it so often? Yes, yes, yes. So in terms of, so an animator's reel is simple, is mechanic shots. So let's say two, three mechanic shots. Uh, for mechanic shots, it could be uh, a parkour or an action shot or something that feels kind of lively and intense and something that has... Uh, maybe a bit of characterization with a walk or something like this with a little bit of a story. And then you want to have some acting, some acting shots, like maybe let's say three acting shots. If you have a reel around 50, 60 seconds, if all those shots are perfect and they're all finished and polished, I think you have a perfect reel. It doesn't need to be a minute and a half or two minutes. Uh, but all of these then for, for the shots, they need to have some context, which means that your character needs to be in a place that it makes sense for the audience when they're going to look at it. And it's going to also maybe make sense with uh, what the character is doing. So let's say, for example, for Sesk Reel is this, it's a girl who is washing the dishes and she's like, a, oh, being a homemaker stuff is like the worst uh, job in the world. And uh, being a, a stay-at-home mom, there we go. Being a stay-at-home mom is one of the worst jobs in the world. And she's doing the dishes, and she has a pile of dishes next to her. So then you understand it's funny. It creates entertainment, which is very important for your reel. And like this, you have uh, strong uh, shots. And it doesn't need to be overacted. It just needs... And the fact that you do something as well when you do those, uh, those shots, the fact that she does the dishes... It helps for, you know, not having to look and be like, oh, being a stay-at-home mom is doing in, in the world. She can actually do something, look at there, doing this, and, and then it makes it much more natural and easier to animate. So do reference, think about your context, and think about the subtext, which is how is she feeling? Well, here when she does the dishes, she's feeling a little tired and... It's like, but she's also uplifting a little bit because still it's not like the end of the world, so whatever. I think yeah. those things are important to think about when you do that. I uh, just want to do a quick segue because we often have the, those two questions. What should I put in my showreel and how should I handle the interview? Since you mentioned that you yourself recruited uh, many uh, animators, would you have any tips, again, maybe from, from you know, students or junior or of how maybe not, you know, how, how to prepare themselves for an uh, interview? I think for the interview, if you're already there, you're uh, already a bit in, in in step in the door. Or I don't know how to say it, but it's 
means that their your your reel is is already interesting them, so you have uh, better chances. What I would say in those is actually trying to be uh, somebody that has wanted to work, that is interested in the project, and that is motivated without being overly too much. It's like if you're feeling like too much this or being stressed, I think is completely fine. Everybody can be stressed in those. It's more about trying not to be either bored or um, or too much. It's just being interested and trying to understand more about the project. And, and I think it's showing your love for animation or showing your love for this kind of thing that, that will um, will make you uh, then then hire more more than anything else. I think that's what people are looking for is if you're interested in the project and how you're reacting and if you're uh, acting normal. I don't know if I'm awesome. allowed to say this, but a little bit. <laughs> Act normal, just be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, does the work you've done so far in the show in the first season make it easier or less demanding to animate season two? No. <laughs> No, um, I mean yes, no, I know it's different. It's different challenges because on season now we're trying to push further. We're trying to make it better. We're trying to make it more connected. For it's small details that I think might not even show that much, but it's still very important for us to try to go a bit further in the details of everything. So no, we keep pushing for better acting, uh, better mechanics. Uh, uh, Good season two, all this. So, no, it's still very demanding. Because now there's a follow-up question on that. The yeah. I feel like I don't remember exactly, but I feel like at DreamWorks when they went from like Kung Fu Panda one to Kung Fu Panda two, the rig would be rebuilt and remade, so you couldn't transfer the library stuff over. That's Are you true. guys That's reusing true. libraries? Yes. Are you yes, rebuilding yes. things? Okay. No, no, rebuilding. we're using the same. I mean, uh, yes, yes, we're you we're using the same same philosophy, same way of uh, of doing things. It's the same. Um, it's not redoing everything. So libraries can be okay. used. Great. <laughs> so that'll help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the firelights, uh, what were the process of animating them riding the hoverboards, um, i.e. what reference were used? No reference for these. Uh, a lot of those shots were Keifu as well. Not all of them, but uh, I think some were Tom as well, uh, Tom Guil. Uh, not sure from everybody, but uh, no, those were not necessarily used with reference. I think um, no, it's just uh, overboard. So it's mainly the, to me on this, it feels very, I mean, I'm not going to say that, but it's super hard to animate. I'm not trying to make it less, but it's also a lot of, uh, of the trajectory that you take. And then it's the green thing that's behind. After for the shots where they fall and all this, those Keifu shots, I'm like, this is just, uh, again, it's him. Um, and this guy is uh, gifted on this stuff. But uh, yeah, those were, were hard. Some, some, some of them are hard, depends. Um, but no, no, no reference were used for when they were flying, for sure. Did you use character stories as Riot tell them as they're uh, in their sight in Arcane? Uh, uh, so for animation, no. Now for storyboard and when they build the characters, maybe I have no idea. But for animation, what we used was uh, the actual characters from the series as our um, as our um, stories. Um, 
voilà, we're not going into, I mean, uh, like, for example, uh, I haven't played uh, League of Legends uh, since 10 years, and I'm not a crazy, uh, I don't know a lot about uh, League of Legends. However, um, it didn't, I didn't need that to understand the characters when I arrived on Arcane and who they were and how all this made sense. Now, I think it's important for us, so, so um, I research a lot, I understand a lot about it, but it's still something that we didn't uh, necessarily looked at in animation. <laughs> All right. Do you feel that uh, like there is a lack of creativity for animators at all because of how fleshed out the board's animatic, animatic were? How did you balance that? Hey, David. Um, is David Ann? That's fine. I think... Um, um, no, not at all. I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking about it, but no, no, not at all. I think... Uh, for us in animation, the creativity come from bringing some acting that feels as good as if an actor was doing it. So that when you watch the TV series, you're you're not questioning. I feel like sometimes if you look at a bit of the beginning, it could be a bit too much sometimes, depending, uh, because we're trying to find our style, our way of emoting, etc. But um, no, it's um, it's actually something very cool, and we have a lot of. Uh, we have, I think we still have freedom to come up with ideas, but we also want to work. I think the, the creativity will come also from the posing, from the appeal, and from, from all that. And we, me, I think we're not restricted. Uh, you can always come up with uh, ideas that can be uh, different. It's just the, we don't rework the angle or anything like that. But the, the, the Were you the often overall, changing shot lengths based no, on never. new ideas? Uh, we, if, I'm saying never. Yes, we do, but we reduce sometimes for impact, for fighting, things like that. We do reduce or we extend if we need to see a bit more of this or that. But in terms of acting, yeah, that happened actually not too long ago. We extended a shot for the ID to be able to read, but it's very rare. I think it doesn't happen as much as what it could in the past in, in previous studios. So did the animator have to uh, uh, get approval on their acting reference before starting animation? It depends where. In Montpellier, yes. <laughs> so me, I'm, I'm asking my animators to show me their reference before they actually start their shots. But in Paris, no, they, they, did, they didn't work at that, like that at all. Even though my, the team that I was leading in Paris, I would ask them to show me their ref before they start on their shot. Um, the reason for me doing that is just because I like to um, uh, be able to go in the right direction early on. It's just about intentions. And if I'm not getting the intention that that the acting is requiring, then I want for, for them to reshoot. It's mainly that. I think when it's mechanics and stuff, it's not as complicated. Uh, it's mainly for intentions that I like for them to show me before. But it depends on the team. Some teams, they don't work at all like this. And were those referential to the director uh, as well? Or it was no. just for, for no, you? No, just know? for me. Just for me. Not even to the head of animation. Uh, so Bart wouldn't see the references. Maybe if you want to show him a specific one to have his uh, opinion on it. But I, I, I've never shown a reference to Bart. Or if I did, it was just to tell him that, uh, but look, it was like this. What do you think? But usually, um, yeah, no, they don't require it. But I do. I just uh, <laughs> 
Uh, did, did you? Is there any reference that you've approved yourself, and then the admitters start, and then it's presented to the director? Is like, what? Well, what is this acting choice? That doesn't work <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Luckily, if not. <laughs> but uh, no, but I'm and now I'm happy because I, I used to shoot a lot more references, and now um, because they're doing it a lot, um, the guys are really they're getting really good at reference. They're doing very good actors and. I think it's cool to see that some yeah. some people from Montpellier team is getting really really good at those uh, those references. Uh, on average, how many seconds per day per animator? So animation quota. What does it look one like? One second a day, usually for one character in 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 screen. So so we're doing five seconds a week. So yeah, it's like a good quota. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty much on par with you know animated feature quality. That's yeah, I think at the it depends. If you think of Disney, it's half of that. If you think of DreamWorks, it's a bit more than that. So it depends of the studio. It's funny how DreamWorks quotas went higher and how the rest stayed. Um, not the, not the, not everybody, but um, but some studios stayed uh, the same. I think it's about cost. It's very important. Um, not everybody can spend that like the 150 million that Disney spend on each movie. So, yeah. Jacob, uh, I, I was like, you were about to say something. I, I was, well, I, I wanted to also explain that the one second per day is also an average. It's not that they're expected to final one second each day or anything like that. Yes, exactly. But that leads um, into then what about the, how was the casting process? Did you give chunks of shots at a time or yes, um, big one chunks. shot here or there? Yeah, we give like and I mean the same thing depends of yeah it depends of the team but we would give maybe twenty days of work to one peop one person with like five six shots in a row so it's for that it's really cool for animators because then they have real chunks that they can show in their reels they have also a part of the sequence that they can really you know tweak and make it the same I think it's always good to do that yeah now, having depends, that ownership yeah. of a moment is really important. Exactly. And this is hard in most studios. They do a shot here and there. And then, but uh, yeah, when you're able to do that, there's something else as well that's really cool. Did you ever have yeah. to take a, a shot that an animator started and give it to another animator? Well, no, I mean, it, it, maybe it have happened because of the fact that we needed to finish the, um, the sequence for the delivery date. But no, it's not, it's not something that we. Like what I do is if an animator is having a hard time, I will help him in the shot. I think I've, I've been going in the animator shot. That has happened sometimes uh, with them, you know, showing them how to tweak things. Again, I've hired a lot of uh, junior animators and I think it's important, you know, to, to help them and to show them. And even in, in actually even others, uh, more seniors, um, I think it's like I, when I feel like the person doesn't like that or doesn't want to do that and I wouldn't do it, you know, it's not something I, when I, it's not needed, but when I feel like it's helping them and they're okay with that, then that can happen, you know, to show him a posing that could be different, to show him uh, even what about if we try this or this. And I remember Pierre doing that on some of my shot on Bilby and it, I think it's always something, it depends how it's done. I've also had people doing that where I was feeling like, why are you touching my shot? And so, some others in my career where I'm like, please do it, show me more. And I think same with uh, people that I work with. Some are like, yes, please more. And some are like a bit uh, more in the, in the, no, I don't like that. So yeah, we'll try to. Yeah, uh, I think there has to be some level of it. The supervisor is wanting to help them grow as opposed to just make it like they want to make it. 
it's true this is how i want it to be very so i'm going to do it as opposed to teach you how to learn more very, stuff about it very true on that uh, was there any character that was more or less difficult to animate? Uh, uh, Jinx, I think, was very difficult to animate uh, because we never wanted to make her like Harley Quinn. It's something that we always wanted to get away from. So, But we still wanted her to be crazy, to deal with issues, and also... Um, we never wanted her to make uh, like too girly or too to. It's a very fine balance that was very hard and appealing wise. Uh, same thing can be very tricky. Plus the hairs uh, that you have to animate as well. So it's a very um, a lot of work, and uh, so this was tricky. I think yeah. If not, the rest is the same. <laughs> All right, a fun question for you. Uh, and I think that this one, we're actually getting out of time. So thanks a lot, cool. uh, Alexi. Uh, I'm glad that we had the, the chance to go through super rapid fire with a lot of questions because there was a lot in today's chat. Yeah. Um, a, a fun question for you. Who is, who is your favorite character or which characters are your top favorites? So I, I think my favorite is it's, uh, Silco, but it's just because he... Um... He uh, he got killed, but uh, no, I think the fa favorite from everybody is apparently is Jinx and Vi, which makes total sense. Uh, if that's the case, uh, me my heart balances. I don't know. I love them both, so <laughs> I'm gonna it's gonna be a tie on this one. But yeah, I like. And Sico what about favorite movies. scene or moment? Um, I love. Uh, so there is a lot. Uh, I love the the Silco and Jinx uh, in the water. In the you know when he he puts her in the water. Uh, mm. I don't remember like when he. I, I love that scene. I love um, uh, the dinner, the last scene of the of the season one. You know when they're all at the table there. That's uh, the scene that I really I really love. I love the Civica and Vi fights. Um, I don't know. There's a lot. I, I love the end of episode three, the whole fight from beginning to the end when when uh, Powder gets onto Silco. I think all this is. I think my favorite part actually of, of the whole season is this big moment of end of episode three is just stunning. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think it's cool. one of the thing that you get out of the, the show. I mean, the the story, the the characters that are, uh, and you know, there's some moment that just stays with you after you uh, you finish the uh, episode. So to be able to craft those different moments, sometimes it's just acting, you know, performance and other time it's super, you know, thrilling action. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah. that was pretty Yeah, it's a bit of both, exactly. Yeah. Alexi, it was a pleasure to have you. Thanks Thank guys. again for uh, accepting our awesome. invitation. Yeah, it was awesome to uh, to see you guys. It was it was yeah. my pleasure. It was long overdue. Uh, anyone, if you arrived uh, uh, late for this uh, stream, the recording is usually put in um, Agora Community Library uh, afterwards, so you can go and watch the uh, the, the beginning. Uh, yeah, thanks, Alexi, and let's, you guys. Uh, let's do that again when yes, anytime. you guys was really season two. <laughs> we'll be there for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks, Alexi. Great. It's been great. Thank yeah, you guys. Great. Bye, chat. Bye, everyone. See you next Bye, chat. time. Thanks for all the great questions. Bye, yep. everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries 
providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.